Actually, no, I really was not a hippie, um, but I did wear bell-bottoms. And yes, this summer we are going to be talking about love. Now, if I were to ask you, what is your aim in life, what would you say? I mean, if, if you were to have to answer the question, what's my aim in life, what, what would you say? And, and a lot of things may come to your mind. Some of you may be thinking just to make it through next semester's AP class, or maybe even just figure out what I want to do with the rest of my life. Some of you might say my aim in life is to keep in good physical shape or to run a marathon or maybe to, to restore a classic Mustang, have a family. I don't know. There's all kinds of things that we could say are our aims in life. Do you want to know what the Bible says? The Bible says this, make what? Make love your greatest aim. Not popularity, not success, not a house or an education or making the team, not being stress-free or having stability or early retirement or a sitting heart rate of 60 beats a minute. God says love should be the greatest aim, the greatest goal, the greatest thing we're shooting for in our lives. And God is telling us, look, everybody in your life should be loved by you and loved in the right way. Now, the second question is, if love is the greatest aim, what does it even look like? I mean, what does it even look like? What is love, and how do I love, and, 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 and how do I even do it? Because I think most of us, I bet you, if I were to ask you, you would probably say, I, I want to be better at love, at loving people. I want to be a better at loving my friends. I want to be a better parent and loving my kids. I want to be a better husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend. You would, like 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 everybody, you really want to know how to love these around you more. And especially during the times, it's the hardest to love them. And that's really cool. And, and I, actually, I love that about you, that you, you, you want to. Um, but it's hard. It can be very hard. And the great thing is, is God does not leave you or me in the dark about this. He doesn't say, well, good luck loving that guy or good luck loving her. And that's what we want to spend a few moments in talking about, what this thing called love really is and what it's all about. Take a moment, and would you pray with me? Um, God, I just pray you'd give me the words to share, and I thank you that your word has all we need and what we need to know how to love one another. And I just pray that you would bless these next moments for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, if, if we're called to make love our greatest aim, then we really need to get God's idea of what love is. I mean, what is this crazy little thing called love? I mean, what is it, and what does it look like? And it's not just simply puppies and kittens and marriage ceremonies and old couples loving on each other and eating it in and out, which is the greatest love in the world. Actually... Um, there are things that God says about love, and, and let's take a few minutes to look at those. First of all, love is what I do, not what I feel. It's what I do. It's, it's not what I feel. Have you ever gotten the tingles? You know, the, the tingles, that little tingly feeling when someone's around you, you know, all over the place, you know. Um, my first bad grade ever, ever, was my sophomore year in high school geometry. And, and I don't know if it was because I was particularly bad at geometry or if it was because the high school's homecoming queen was sitting right in front of me. 
And whenever she'd sit down, you know, all those chemicals are rushing around, your heart beats big, and you get weak kneed, and you get, you know, tongue tangled, and all that kind of, of stuff. The Bible says this. It talks about what love is. It says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. And then it says, love never fails. Now, I don't see one tingle in there. Not one emotion, not one adrenaline rush, not one feeling of woo, or not one heart beating louder. It's not there. Because I think, really, love is based on not what you feel, but what you do. If you ever come home, you know, and, and, and maybe you, you're coming back from school, or coming back from work, or whatever, and, and I don't know, for some reason you're feeling particularly loving, I'm going to really be loving on my spouse um, when I get home, or, or my parent, you know, I'm just going to really just be kind to my dad or, or, or my teen, you know, my, my, my kid. And, and man, I'm going to do this, I'm going to act this way. And all of a sudden you go inside, you step inside the door, and they hit you with a complaint, or they hit you with an attitude, or they hit you with silence, or did you forget again to pick up the eggs? Has that ever happened to you? Never happened to me. Never, ever happened to me. But what happens is you come home with all these wonderful intentions that you really want to show love and be loving and all that, and sometimes they make it so hard. Sometimes they just make it so hard at that time. And, and, and you have to then try and start generating some loving feeling, you know? Whoa, some loving feeling. But now you try and do it, and, and it's just not there. It's gone, gone, gone. I mean, it's gone. Um, but what does the Bible say? Man, we are to love. Love never fails. It means it doesn't stop. It is taking action of love apart from feeling when there's no feeling. It's taking actions of love. Not feelings of love, but actions. The Bible says this, little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. And the deed is the work. I mean, the deed is, is the work. I'm going to do something for that. And when it says in truth, that's the reality of it. There's no mention of feeling. Let us love with smarminess or love with tingles. It's, it's really love with action. Jesus blows us away when he says this. But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. And actually acting in love when you don't feel it is a pretty high form of love. I mean, it's a pretty major way of loving. I, it's real easy to love somebody who loves you. I mean, you can do that all day long. That's nothing, and it takes nothing at all. But what real love does, it actually, it acts even though there is no great response from the other person. Real love acts and does the loving thing when they don't deserve it, when they don't respond, or when you don't feel it, you don't feel it at all. I mean, anybody who's ever had children, you, you know that when they're little babies, 
You'll get up five or six times in the night to take care of them. You don't do it because you feel like it. You don't do it. You do it, why? Because you love them. I mean, you've never said all of a sudden when you hear them crying, boy, I've had way too much sleep. I think I'll just get up again and take care of the baby. No, you, you do it because it's the loving thing to do. You know, it's not, I was just hoping they'd only sleep this stretch for 43 minutes. You know, now I can get up again. I just can't wait for that. Anytime you've had to hold a throw-up bowl for a loved one that was nauseated, you didn't feel like doing that. But it's what they needed. You were being loving when they were sick. You were giving them, and they needed that. It's not what you felt like doing, but you did it. You met their need. And that's the ultimate form of love, right there. It's not the feeling, it's the action. In fact, you probably felt more love to them and towards them at that time, too, when you're meeting the deep need that they have, even though you don't feel like it. That's when the love begins. That's when the love really is generated and solidifies in you. When they are at their worst, that's when you can be at your very best. That leads to the next. Love is a choice and a commitment. It's a choice and it's a commitment. I do weddings. And I really like to do weddings, and, and I always include the mushy stuff, you know, and all that. But there's the reality in the midst of that wedding ceremony of a commitment. I will say, do you, so-and-so, choose or commit to, to, to have so-and-so to be your husband or your wife, richer or poorer, better for worse, as long as you both shall live? Better or worse is in there. You know, and it means that marriage and life and situation and relationship is going to get worse. But I say, do you commit, do you choose to love them through this? The Bible says this, choose to love the Lord your God and commit yourself to him. I mean, not amazing. It doesn't say just kind of, ah, you know, and love God. It says, you and I, we have to make the choice for that. Understand, falling in love, what they say falling in love, or being in love is a series of choices and commitments you make. I mean, come on. Did I really, really make a series of commitments and choices falling in love with the homecoming queen in front of me? Yes, I did. No, I, I didn't. But when people say this, we fell out of love, it's almost as if the person is saying, you know, I just fell out of love with him or I fell out of love with her. It's almost as if the person saying, I, don't, I didn't have a choice. It just happened. You know, it just happened. I just kind of oh, fell, fell, fell out of love. And I'll ask him, well, what does that mean? If love is a choice and you don't love her, it means you're choosing what? You're choosing not to. It's a conscious choice always. It's a conscious choice always to love a person. And there will be people here that you're not fond of and you won't like. But the Bible says we're called to love each other. And love means to do, not to feel, but to do. Yeah, it's hard. Of course it's hard. I know it's hard. But God shows us. It really does. Okay, the next one is love is in our new nature, but it has to be developed. It has to be developed out. I mean, it, it, it's there. The Bible says this, now about your love for one another, we don't need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. 
you've been taught by, I want to say, I want to say, whoa, 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 wait, 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 time out. There's a couple things here that we have to slow down. Look at, first of all, um, wow, you know, what a great passage that is that we have been taught by God to love each other. God just simply teaches us. I mean, we have that innate now ability. How do we know it's because he's shown us and given us the ultimate example in Jesus Christ who died for us? But you also might say, well, if I'm taught by God, why do I need to talk about it? We forget. I forget. I had a friend who was pretty good at, he was pretty good at a lot of stuff. But then he took this art class, and like right away he was incredible. I mean, just phenomenal. And it's like he had all this talent in him, but it just took a little bit of learning to get it out. Part of the new nature that you have is to love. But, but you need to develop it. And you understand God's love for us, but it's like an art talent or a singing talent. It's in there. And this is why we encourage you for your growth, not only as a person, but also your growth in love, to read the Bible. Because you'll see Jesus loving people. Loving people that are not particularly lovable. He would love really hard to love people. And he did it. And that's how God is teaching us to love others. The Bible says this, and this is a, a, a pr profound passage. It says, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. I mean, what it's saying is he knew the cross was coming. He knew it was coming. Like in 18 hours, he was going to have to be nailed to a cross. He knew that. But then it says this, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. What does it mean to the end? You know? There's no end of Jesus. I mean, how the, the end of Jesus, that doesn't make sense. Actually, a better translation is he showed them the full extent of what love is. The full extent. That means everything he did from that point on was revealing the full extent God's love for us. When he washed the feet, it wasn't just water. It was humbling. It tells us that the full extent of love is humbling yourself before somebody else. He prayed for them, meaning he cared more about them than he did himself, and that's what love is. And then when he was arrested, he protected them. He said, take me, leave them alone. Love protects. And then he sacrificed. He gave his life up for them, for us. That's what love does. That's the full extent of his love. And that's how he teaches us how to love. And that's how we love other people. And then finally, we can only love because God first loved us. Huh. I mean, great verse. It says we love because he first loved us. Rick Warren, a pastor in Southern California, he wrote this. I think it's, it's terrific, and let me read it to you. He'll say this. Sometimes I'll talk to believers in churches who are kind of down on themselves. They're always, they always feel like they're not measuring up, and they're not pleasing God, and God's always angry with them. They always carry a load of guilt around the whole time, and I've heard many people say this. My problem is I just don't love God enough. You ever heard that? Ever felt that? I just, I just really got to start loving God more. I got to live that. 
And I say, no, that's not it. That's not it. Your problem is not that you don't love God enough. Your problem is you don't realize how much he loves you. If you realize how much God loves you, extravagant, irresistible, unconditional love, you would have to love him back. You could not not love God if you understood how much he loves you. Warren says the reason you don't love God, you don't care about God, you don't serve God, is you don't understand or feel how much he loves you. And that is so totally true. If I'm going to start learning to love others, I have to get to know how much God loves me. Like a tube of toothpaste, you know? When you squeeze a tube of toothpaste, what's going to come out? What's on the inside? And when you and I fully get how much God loves us completely and unconditionally, Man, we, 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 and how we can't make God stop love, loving us. Then we become more patient. Then we cut people more slack and we become more for, forgiving. And we give up our own way. And since we've received grace, we now give it to others. We can now do that. Because we have been taught by God and experienced God's love for us in our lives. It's true. The more forgiveness you feel, the more you forgive, the more grace you've accepted, the more you give, the more love you've received, the more you love. And honestly, if you're having trouble loving other people, understand you can't give to others what you've not received for yourself. Love happens because you are loved by God. And so if I can give you two next two. Next steps, okay? If I could do that. First of all, make sure you let God love you. I mean, let God really, really, really love you. How much does God love you? Of course, the, the cross. I mean, the cross that we sing about, we talk about all the time. What Jesus did on the cross is God's ultimate expression and statement of love. Man, just planted in history, there's this cross in which God himself came down, Jesus Christ, Son of God, said, you have to pay for your sins, but I love you too much. You don't have to go through that. I love you too much to let you go through that, so I'll do it for you. And, that, and that's incredible love, that someone would take me, a person who's just a basket case. You might say, well, how can God love me? I'm a mess in my life now. And here's the verse. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And there it is. You don't have to get your act together to come to God. In fact, you, you, you can't get your act together without God. And this is for you, oh messed up one, and for me. And I'm a messed up one too. Let God love you. I mean, really let God love you. Feel it, experience it, know it. And if you need help with that in any way, boy, you text me, you call us, you email us, and, and we'll get back to you to say, here's what the love of God through Jesus Christ really means. We live to help people understand that. And the second next step, number two, love somebody like the way God loved you. Love someone the same way. Love them just like that. 
Even though they're still sinners towards you, you love them. You protect them. You honor them. You build them up. You lift them up. You care about them. You become too good to them. And God will tell you who. You're going to say, I can't think of anybody in my life. He'll show you. Going beyond the feelings. And just love them. Just love them. I would, I would invite you right now. We're going to close this time with just a moment to pray. And we're just going to take a quick second for you to pray. And I'm going to invite you to, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just to stop and bow your head right now. Would you please? Maybe close your eyes. Maybe you're here watching this morning, today, and you've never, ever really said yes to God's love for you. You're saying, why would God love me? How could God love me? I don't deserve it, and that's true, you don't. But that's what love does. Love gives, even though the other does not deserve whatsoever. And I would pray that you would accept the love of God through Jesus right now. You would, what we sometimes say, open the door of your heart, the door of your life, to say, Jesus, come in, help me. God, love me. I'm sorry for the wrongs I've done. And if you have to ask, can God love me with, even though I've done that, the answer is huge yes. And he's doing it right now. God, I would pray that for all of us, you would show us who needs love. And it would be so evident and that we would be so filled with you, so committed to loving people the way you've loved us, that we would be your instruments in sharing love, showing and sharing love to them. And so God, use us this week, please, in Jesus' name.